have time to just sit around and play phone tag with you. Well, that's what I want to know. I assume that you had planned on a on about a ten twenty eight call, and um, our toilet started gurgling, so I had to take a second in there and make sure that nothing was exploding. I mean, it was like full on like uh, Yellowstone freaking spring up. Okay, and then uh, yeah. I'm like, okay, we're good. And then I come in here, and then I hear the one last ring for Travis Barrett. And I go to pick it up, and you're not there. So then I called, and I called, and I called. And then then I called again because I thought I got the number wrong. No, I called a number that was one number off, and um, somebody was not happy that I woke them up. So I just hung up and said, I bet Travis will call back. And he did, and he did. I do do you the service of turning on my my do not disturb when I'm on with you so that I, my phone doesn't blow up like crazy. See. And so I turned it on and then thinking I never have a problem getting through you, but oh. apparently today was the day. So when you called back, it didn't ring. I so. see. Now, I did not, I was unaware that you could put on do not disturb while you're on a phone call. I did not know this. I thought it was just so that you would not be bothered when you didn't want to look at your phone. I didn't realize that it would keep people from bothering you while you were on the phone. Oh my God! It's the greatest thing ever. Wow, this is the, you just changed the game for me, Travis Barrett. You just I put I put do not disturb on basically the first thing when I wake up in the morning, and I just leave it on. Yeah, <laughs> just leave it on <laughs> all the time. So you basically have to go in to find things, right? Things don't yeah. come to you. Uh, sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, and you know what? Uh, yeah, I don't care. Okay, that's how it is. I'm old, all right? I can be angry. Anti-social. I don't, I don't have anybody to apologize to anymore. <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. That Anyhow, works. How That's good. How are you guys today? Doing all right. Doing all right. So, um, Giants-Patriots, same record. That's cool, huh? Yeah, pretty exciting, huh? Yeah. It's really... It, it's funny. The, uh, the Patriots game ended the other night. My son's sitting on the couch, and he high-fives me, and he goes, same record as the Giants. High five. <laughs> wow. That's it was awesome. That's it was great. awesome. That's nice. That's really, that's good. <laughs> Here's what I love about Patriots fans. Can you answer this for me? Okay. So if you, during the off season, yeah. any off season, it doesn't matter. If you point out that their division is so wretchedly awful that they basically have a bye to the AFC championship game every year, Patriots fans, get, they puff up their chest and get so angry, and we don't make the schedule, and that's not true, and you know we're better than that, and blah, 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 blah. And then the other night, as soon as that game ended, I swear to God, Patriots fans, on mass, are going off about, look, we got the Dolphins next week, and until the Dolphins prove they can beat us and win the division, there's nothing to worry about. Uh-huh. I'm like, you can't have it both ways. Yeah. You got to pick one or the other, right? Like pick you can't. One or the other, man, right? But that's not—that's not fair. Not fair. Well, I mean, your division's not that great. Well, wait, no, it is because the Redskins are in that division, and they seem to be the best team. So. I don't. I. I. I look. If the Giants make the playoffs anyway, I don't care. But I'm not going to sit and tell you that they're not a product of their division if they're nine and seven and make the play and make the playoffs. I'm not going to. I'm not going to. I'm not going to get defensive about that. That is what it is. Patriots fans love to get defensive about that stuff. Makes sense. That's all I'm saying. I'm just looking for some insight from you. Right. The insight I get is most Patriots fans didn't become Patriots fans until after Super Bowl 36. 
point. Okay. Good point. Yeah, so yeah. none of them sat through uh, the Adam Vinatieri being held on the Desmond Howard punt return. Uh, they are unaware of uh, Sugar Bear Hamilton getting uh, the original worst pass, uh, roughing the passer penalty of all time against the Raiders. Yeah. Um, they are not aware of uh, Andre Tippett, for example. Raymond Barry. Uh, <laughs> Yes. Basically throwing the season away in 1988 and starting Tony Eason in the in the regular season finale against Denver instead of Doug Flutie. I mean, there, there, uh, Drew Bledsoe's broken finger in 1997. I still contend to this day that the 1997 Patriots defense is the single greatest Patriots defense I've ever seen in one year. Mm. They lost one game at the end. They lost to the Steelers 7-6. to six. And the only play that was a touchdown in that play was a play that Ted Johnson was being held on when Cordell Stewart was running down the sidelines. Like it was one of those deals where they like grabbed onto the back of his jersey and yanked him back. And they're like, wow. I remember like whoever it was, in the, I think it was Phil Sims on the call. Phil Sims was like, wow, that's a great play down the sidelines. I'm like, what about that yanking there? That that seems like a holding penalty to me. I don't know. And then. Hold, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold sadness. On. Are you telling me that Cordell Stewart was 21 years ago? Yeah. Oh. Wow. That's crazy. And he played quarterback. My mind's blown now. There's nothing you're going to tell me for the rest of the day that's going to top that nugget. Yeah. Cordell, Cordell Stewart playing quarterback for the Steelers is old enough to drink right now. Wow. <clears throat> that's wild. Because that, I was literally thinking to myself like two years ago, I'm wondering why nobody signed Cordell Stewart. Whatever happened to that? <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I think I... I think Father Time, I think, is what retired old Cordell, I think, is, is what happened you know, there. You know, to, to your point about how, um, you know, kind of this new wave of Boston sports fans, I think we talked about it last week. Like, last like last night watching the Red Sox, my, my son got all indignant with me because I suggested I wasn't sure that the Red Sox could beat the Astros in the playoffs. Like, I, you know, and all I simply said was, you know, they, they really worried me. Like, that's a really good team, which he's then, of course, because he's, you know, my spawn turned into, I can't believe you think the Red Sox are going to lose. I can't believe, and the Red Sox would score a run against the Orioles last night. He's like, oh, look, worst team in baseball. Can't believe they can even score a run and beat the Orioles. I don't even know why they're going to the playoffs, Dad. And I said, all I'm saying is, you don't know what it's like. You don't, you had it so easy. You don't remember what it was like when good teams found a way to lose. Great teams found a way to lose. That's that's how it was. I still feel like the Red Sox are a very good team, obviously. They, you know, they've won more games than that. You know, set a franchise record. But I still feel like the one team out there that really scares me as a Red Sox fan is Houston. I just think their pitching so good. So good. I Here's the one thing I would be concerned about if I were a Red Sox fan. Okay. Because it's not just Houston. It's also Cleveland. If you face Cleveland in the next round, I'm telling you, the Terry Francona revenge factor, if he uh-huh. beats the Red Sox in seven games, you imagine he wins a game seven at Fenway Park? Yeah, huge. Ooh. The book. Also, look, I'm not convinced, despite, despite my false bravado all over the place, I, the Yankees worry me. because, And I'll tell you why. Only because you get to the playoffs and, you know, the Red Sox are going to beat them by... 10 games in the division, roughly, and they're going to win. A, I mean, what, the Yankees can still win 100 games. Yeah. So it's, it's not like – so I think the Yankees could come into Boston if they get past the A's. They could come in with a kind of a chip like, hey, remember that time you embarrassed us in that sweep? Yep. And that's all we heard about, and you beat us by 10. I just – Red Sox and Yankees games, they take on kind of a different – we talked about it, right? The Red, when the Yankees play the Red Sox, they look like a different team. So 
hey, any any of those three teams we just named can all win. Uh, they can all play in the World Series, and it would not shock me. I guess if the Yankees were playing in the World Series, I would be surprised. But I wouldn't be surprised if the Red Sox are. I wouldn't be surprised if Houston is, and I wouldn't be surprised if the Indians are. Because Francona has proven he knows how to win in the postseason, and the and the Astros are the Astros, you know. Uh, they won it all last year, and they're and they're they're really good. I mean, they've got Verlander, uh, who can start Game One, and so I, you know, I we said it all along. Let's just get to October and let's just get to the playoffs and see what happens. Because I I feel like it's I I don't think it's predictable at all. I don't care how many games the Red Sox have won. The only thing that's predictable is that at some point somebody for in the Red Sox bullpen is going to blow a game in the eighth inning. Probably Craig Kimbrell. Yeah, yeah. And then they'll talk about how he's really only good for a three-out save, and you know you bring him in in the eighth. And oh god, here we go. Look, I'm already, I'm already getting sleepless nights over this. I'm well, and I was about to, I was about to say, how much of a disaster would this season end up being? Like, how quick would the worm turn if the Red Sox lost to the Yankees? Or even the athletics, for that matter. Let's say the Red Sox don't yeah, make it. Yeah. No, let's no, say, let's say, no matter what they do, they just had the greatest regular season in Boston Red Sox flipping yeah. history. They're probably going to finish with more wins than the 1986 Mets. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which to yeah. me, people will say the Mariners all day in 2001, but to me, the 86 Mets. There was so much talent in Major League Baseball in those years for them yeah. to win 108 games. Yeah. Insanity Crazy. to me. Crazy. Insanity. Crazy. So when I look at that and I say, okay, they finish with 108 or higher wins, mm. you know, and then they lose in the first round. And it's like, okay, so basically you did, you had a great regular season. You were basically like a super juiced John Farrell team. And then you lost in the playoffs in the same amount of time, right? Like what, I, what got accomplished here? I remember leaving Fenway Park last year after the, the game four loss and they were eliminated thinking they've got a ton of talent. They've got a ton of young kids. But they play like they don't really care whether they win or not. And and I remember having this overriding feeling of they've got to blow the whole thing up because this is not a group you can win with. Now, they get rid of Farrell and they bring in Cora, and I think, okay, maybe it is the manager, right? Like, you know, maybe I've under undersold the value of, of, a, of a really strong presence in a clubhouse kind of guiding the way, right? Because I think what Cora has done this year is exceptional. But if we get to the playoffs and we go into that division series against, as you said, it doesn't matter who it's against. If you go into that division series and you've got Mookie Betts is one for 19 at the top of the order with a single and J.D. doesn't have an extra base hit and Bogarts is over and then and none of our starters get through five innings, then it's like, well, how are we any different than they were last year? How are we in any different spot? And so then I think then you're kind of really in trouble because I think you played your big card last year when you fired the manager. Um, from a PR standpoint, if you win 106, 108, 110, whatever the number is they end up with this week, um, and you lose in the division series in four games, uh, I don't know what your play is because it's going to be a public relations nightmare if you say we're looking to trade Beth, Bogart, Ben Attendee, uh, Porcello, Price, Kimbrough, I mean, all, whoever. You know, we're looking to clean house trades and not re signing free agents. I think you are in a PR nightmare. 
because the pink hats are going to be, how can you get rid of Andrew Benatendi? He's so cute, and he cut his hair, and he tries so hard. And how can you get rid of these guys who dance in the outfield? And, oh, but I really like David Price. He gets a raw deal from the media. What do you do? What do you do if it comes to that? That's what? the question. What what are you doing if David Price opts out? A jig? I think there's excitement if David Price opts out because then you don't have to pay the next thirty million. I would be rooting oh, for him to to have the greatest. If you lose five games this post, if you lose in five games this postseason, I still hope the David Price start is like a two hitter, two hit shutout. You know? Yeah. Well, you mean from a Yankee fan? Perspective. I mean from an any team perspective. If you're a yeah. Red Sox fan, like I. Because here's the thing. You're going to lose Kimbrell after this season, or yeah, you're going to yeah. sign him and he's going to break down, okay? Because yeah. that, that's what that's what happens to closers. See Araldus Chapman, for example. Totally agree. Every time. That's what happens. You, it, closers to me should be every three years. That's why Mariano Rivera was such an absolute revelation, like, oh, as long yeah. as he lasted. Yeah. You, it, can't, um, you can't undersell how Jonathan Papelbon. I, I, I present to you Jonathan Papelbon, who is now just an absolute afterthought. Like, after yeah. after he basically got thrown out of the league, and then uh, he left to be with his family. He hasn't been signed again. Like, yeah, yeah. Oh, the history of Chloe, Tom Gordon. Daniel Bard. Who had really great years and then just were nowhere. But, so, look, I don't want to go the price thing because I feel like, um, you know, like... When he's on, he's really, really good. He's as advertised. But the problem for Price, and we're going to find out here in a couple weeks, is the next couple weeks is the knock on him is always the playoffs. And I think the big game rap is kind of, I think that's a little bit, I don't know. I think that's kind of a too easy, a convenient storyline. Um, you know, the Red Sox that last weekend, you know, you can say, well, he wasn't good against the Yankees here recently. But, I, you know, I don't know. I mean, He's gonna play. He's gonna start. He's gonna pitch at home in that series, presumably, right? He's gonna be game two, and I think he'll be fine. And I, I don't know what to do. I just, I do think the contract's a little much. But what do you get to replace that? Because you, I don't know. I mean, we're putting the cart before the horse. I'm all over the map. I can't decide what I'm most upset about with the Red Sox. I'm not even upset. You just got me upset. Thanks That's all right. No problem. That's what I do. I try to. I try to do that. Can you talk about Gary Smith's win at, at the past 150 at Beach Ridge? That seemed like a pretty popular story on the old interwebs. I can talk about that. Um, I gotta wait for my heart rate to drop a little bit. Yeah, that was kind of cool. Um, <laughs> so I thought, you, you know, I think Gary Smith is a guy that that's always raced and always been around. And by always, I mean last 15 or 20 years, right? And you know, run all of these past races and all of these touring series events, and he's always a guy that was, you know, finished 10th or 11th or 12th and was never really a factor. And he only had one pass win in his career before Sunday. But um, but by winning on Sunday, and he really beat some, not just some good cars, but he beat guys that are traditionally really, really good at Beach Ridge um, and made them look kind of silly. Um, so he... he He's won at every racetrack in Maine now, which it was, you know, at 62 years old, is kind of a neat accomplishment. He's won at Oxford and Beatrice. He's won at with Cassett and Unity, and he's won at Bud Speedway and Caribou and Speedway 95 and Herman, you know, of course, which would have been his home track when he started out um, because he's from Bangor. So, um, yeah, it was really popular. I thought the line of people coming to congratulate him in Victory Lane was, was sort of neat. You don't get that a lot anymore. Um, you know, usually those guys by the end of a weekend are... 
everybody's packing up and ripping out of there as fast as they can. And, I, and so I thought that was um, it was a really well received win, and, I, and uh, you know, kind of cool. Like when you you think about um, you know short track racing in Maine. I don't think that Gary Smith's name is a name that's like, you know, you don't think of him as a Mike Rowe or Ralph Mason or any or Ricky Craven, but, you know, at the end of his career, um, he's going to be able to say he did something that uh, not many people have done, which is win at every track. That's pretty great. That's a pretty so. cool. That's yeah. a pretty cool thing. That's a, that'd be a pretty cool T-shirt, you know. Well, let's get on now. Let's design that one. I, I think we should. I think we should. I, I think there's a big market in that. When you think of that, like, you ever see the pro wrestling tees, right? Mm -hmm. Like, why don't you do the local racer tees and then do them the same way, and then people can just show up from town to town when they're on the Pass 150 or when, you know, when Bubba comes up from Georgia. I mean, you can have, I mean, to me, you have that going, and then you, you fire those, you fire up the old merchandise stands. I mean, people would be, people would be pretty pumped for that. People buy concert t-shirts for anybody, right? That's true. They will. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. I think I'm in. I, I think I just created a side business. I, 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 G, G, w, GWC t-shirts, man. I'm telling yeah, you. Yeah. Bring it back. I, I need more stuff going on in my life. Like, I I'm, Hey, you know what? But you know what? The thing is though, if you can, it, it's all, it's all an online thing. Like people can order it right there. Bang, bang. There you go. You know, done, done. That's it. And then they have it in time for the race. Everybody's happy. You know, I think that there's works. One, there's one small detail that you're leaving out here. What's that? Where are we going to produce these things? Where are the physical t-shirts? You just from? do you just do it online. That's all you do. Like that's all you do now. You place orders for X amount, and then you and then you order them, and then they're there. Bang. And they're there. Done. That's it. Now, it's I'll magic now. Three percent of the profit. Is that fair? Yeah. I feel something like that. I don't know whatever it is, but you um, know, I mean that kind of works. Negotiate. We can negotiate. Uh oh! I gotta ask you another question. You were at the uh, you were at the Coney game the other day. Yeah, what? Yeah, was. Um. Is Geyer as good as Ben Lucas? Uh, boy, that's a hard one to answer. I never saw Ben Lucas play. I came back. I came well. I came back to the high school sports scene after Ben Lucas had left. Uh, Geyer's only a sophomore. I thought. I, I mean, you can't you can't compare him now, senior to sophomore. That's not really fair to him. But I mean, I think, and I think the other thing to be fair about is that um, the game the other night was his best game of his career by far. So, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I, I try to be a realist and say one game is not the end of the world. And he was able to run and he was able to throw and he was extremely efficient throwing the ball. And, and uh, the Coney coach, B.L. Lippert, he had said that they, for the first time with Geyer, they had opened up the playbook a little bit to try to go downfield a little more. And that worked some. I don't know if it's a product of where Lawrence is at or Lawrence's defense is at. Hard to say. Um so I'm going to hold off. I'm going to reserve judgment um, in saying that he's as good as Ben Lucas until we can see this for, you know, rest of this season and, and next season as well. How about that? Is that fair? Okay, that seems fair. That seems like it was a, a pretty good performance. I mean, it was, it, you know, I think in football sometimes it's hard to say one kid is a difference maker on the field. But I think the other night, I think one kid was a difference maker in that game. And that one kid, of course, was Riley Geyer. All right, that's How a good that? answer. That was very, that was very politically correct of you. Woo! Yeah. <laughs> like sweating now. That's what he was going for. <laughs> he's, he's the kid's worth going out and watching play a couple of games. I mean, it is essentially what he's saying. And uh, one game. How about one game? There you go. There you go. How about that? We'll go with that. Now, what do they What do they charge to get into these games? 
I don't know. I I I haven't paid for one for so long. Like I, I always it just depends. You know, if it's if you can get in for less than ten bucks, I'd go see him twice. But I wouldn't pay more than. All right. Yeah, I'd say he's worth a couple. Of days. Okay. Yeah. All right. That seems legitimate. I like that idea. Over semantics now. <laughs> Travis so bad. Oh, God, I'm the worst human. I am the worst human ever. It happens. No big deal. Travis Barrett, CentralMaine.com. You know this show, BoJack Horseman, on Netflix? What's that? BoJack Horseman. Sunday no, Netflix. I thought it had something to do with Bo Jackson, and then I was going to start waxing poetic, but no, no I, I no. do not. It's, a, it's an animated series. He's a horse, right? But the animals live in the same world as the uh, humans. Got to kind of go with me on this. But he's just a miserable, horrible... Like, he was a flash-in-the-pan sitcom actor in the 90s who's clinging to his success. I basically feel like it's my biography, <laughs> not the fact that I'm not a horse. That was where I was going with that, but you, you haven't seen the show, so it's not going to help you. All right, that makes sense. All right. That's what good. else you got today? Let's see, what else do I have today? Hmm. I don't, you got anything? You got anything off the top of your head that you want? Fastest land know. animal, maybe? I don't know. I feel like yeah. that the WWE's going to break up the shield already. I mean, yeah. What? They're already spinning that around, too? I did oh, see they're that. They're already throwing the Dean Ambrose is going to turn on them. I, I, can't, I can't deal with it. It's just too much. Um, <laughs> hockey season's right around the corner. I got that going for us. Yeah. Are you, are you going to watch any of the Celtics at all, or do you still hate basketball? Playoff, man. Talk to me when it matters. Okay, all right. I was just I was making sure that you weren't. I, mean, I think there's nothing more meaningless than regular season NBA. I feel like this is going to be a special year this year. That's all I'm saying. It's going to be special. Yes. Are they going to win 106 games? Are they going to win the most games in franchise history? I think they could win the most games in franchise history this year. There's talk. I've heard some people say that they think this team, because it is so deep, that even on the nights that they rest people, they're going to get wins against especially the tanking teams that will happen around February, March. March, right. April, right in that vicinity, they right. think they might break the Warriors' single-season record for wins in the season. Do you think that if they if they set a franchise record for wins in a season, but lose in the conference finals, is it a successful season or is it a disappointment? No, that is a failure because okay. then at that point you should, if you have that sort of record and you're the number one seed, you should at least get to the finals. To me, to me, honestly though, I'm just. People be like, oh, if they make it to the finals, I'm happy. No, I want to beat the Warriors. I want to beat the Warriors. That's the whole. And you don't know how many chances you get at this. Okay, you can't right. say, well, we'll beat them. We'll beat them next time. You know, Cleveland played them three times. I'm not oh, here for that. God. I'm not here for that. Beat yeah. them once because you never know. Maybe Durant doesn't come back next year. Maybe they right. don't make it back. Maybe Curry, you know, twists his ankle again on a scooter or whatever stupid crap they do out in California. Like, and it seems like there's a lot of stupid crap to do in California. There is. And then they just leave them all on the side of the road. But anyway. <laughs> so, you know yeah. what I'm talking about. That's, that's exactly <laughs> what I'm talking about. All right. I saw plenty of that this weekend, driving through Michigan and Chicago, too. That was, it's yeah. The wasteland. I think, uh, I don't know, that's why I get so, that's why to me the NBA is really hard to get excited about the regular season. Because I'm pretty sure you can sit and you can tell me which teams. Maybe you can't predict all eight teams in both conferences that are going to make the playoffs. But we can all agree on the top uh, two from each, and they're most likely, I would say, it's a 94% chance that those four teams are going to play in the conference finals. And I think that's why the NBA is really hard. It's a hard sell for me for, for six or eight months of investing my time in. I'm just saying occasionally pick one here or there. Just pick a game a week. Just give it okay. a give it away. I'm a not week? I'm not saying one game a week? Maybe every other week, you know, one a month, maybe. 
Check in. One a month, I can probably commit. To. Okay, so one a month. I want you. About, you know what? This is what we're going to do on Tuesdays. I'm going to get your recommendation for Celtics game of the month, and it'll be the game you watch. That'll be it. Okay. I like that. I like that idea. Wow. So I have to watch it. I think you do. If you're going, no, no, no. If you're going to watch a game a month, you have to commit to one game a month. You just said you commit to one game a month, and now you're like, well, see, I don't know if I can do that. You know, because then I'm kind of locked, you know, with my schedule. Uh huh. Basically, you know, I got no wiggle room. Okay. Well, then what? What's going to have to happen is you're going to kind of know your schedule most of the time, so you're going to have to plan one for that week. So you know, if you have to pass on the on the game against Toronto because you're working that night and you're going to have to watch the Kings game, then maybe you have to watch the Kings game, okay? I'm sorry, that's just how it works. I don't make the rules. I just, what I'm saying to you is if I get that one night where I'm at home in front of a television, I'm probably going to choose a hockey game over an NBA game. Yeah, but you're going to watch the hockey game anyway, so you have to make time for the NBA is what I'm saying. I don't yeah. know. This seems like a... Yeah, I think we're going to talk about this more. This seems like an investment on my part. I don't think it's that much. I'm just saying, maybe one a season, you know, so you can go November, December, October, maybe you can watch one for the three months, and then you can watch one for the second half, and then you can start watching the playoffs. Okay, that I can probably commit to. All right, okay, that seems legitimate. Travis Barrett, since... Central... between now and January. I'm in. <laughs> maybe Christmas. That probably do by accident. That seems like a good idea. Travis Barrett from <laughs> CentralMaine.com joins us each and every Tuesday. Talk to you next week. All right, guys, thanks. Thank you. It's Travis Barrett from CentralMaine.com. You never really